You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to be talking about a groundbreaking article that's been written by Chuck, and it's entitled The Banker's Unfolding Scheme for War on the Millennial Generation. I think we've given up here on the older generations of past that supported these wars, and so now we're aiming at the younger generation who are a little more concerned about these wars. The U.S. has a war-based economy. We've talked about this for years, and many Americans refuse to even believe that. And what is, to our ministry here, so sad is the fact that so many millions of Christians support these wars. They even send their children off to fight these illegal and immoral wars. And so this article that I've just mentioned is the first of a series of articles that Chuck is going to be writing about and looking at the whys and wherefores of how these wars are created. So let me turn this over to Chuck. Okay, Tom. The banker's unfolding scheme for wars on the millennial generation. In this, we are not titling this as Donald Trump's war schemes or something like that. We're attributing this to powers that are there and have always been there that are extremely forceful and that dominate our political leaders. Uh, We would like to say that Donald Trump is his own man, And we have to resort to making some assumptions. We, in our writings, call ourselves, we hold these truths. And that means something to us. We would like to always be able to prove 100% everything we dream up. But when it comes down to something like the forces and powers behind our president that push him toward the warring acts that we're seeing, we're not given the information we need. Now, in this article, We've started talking about that. We're going to talk a little more about things that we're not allowed to know. And to do that, we have to make some conclusions of our own, and so we apologize for that. But uh, we do think this is a subject that we need to, to broach. We think back upon Jesus and the Twelve and the war system that surrounded them with the Romans running things and, of course, the Pharisees and Sadducees of the existing church order of its day, the Israelites, they, of course, teaming up with the Romans. And the net result was that all 12 of, I think all 12 of the disciples, maybe some people think John was not, but all of them died violently at the hands of either the Romans or or religious people in some cases. So we're doing our best with this, and we're going to try to show the pressures and powers behind our president that force him toward war. President Trump is probably more completely controlled by international banking cabal than any other president we know of in modern history because he personally 
owns so much, but more important, something we're not allowed to know about him is that he owes so much. And this is where we have to make assumptions because Donald Trump was excused from the responsibility of furnishing his tax returns when he ran for president. In modern times, our president's candidates have always had to do this. And though we didn't scan these things personally, one thing that our tax returns do reveal directly or indirectly is who we owe money to. And the Trump administration has enormous wealth, but we also know from our experiences, our life experiences and observations, that there have to be enormous banking interests that have loaned money to the Trump campaign and to uh, continue to loan to his organizations. And we're not allowed to know about this. I'm going to give you just one example of something we looked into trying to find this out. There's an organization that has published a paper called Trump's Final Disclosures. What did we learn? It's called the U.S. Office of Government Ethics, Preventing Conflict of Interest is the subtitle of it. And there's a 62-page report out by Donald Trump. This has been published, and we were able to get it and read it, and I did scan it. I certainly didn't read it. And it has an enormous amount of assets that are revealed there. Uh, What it really says is that there are some three pages listing of assets And many of them are assets like we would never dream of owning ourselves, like a golf course or a hotel. It reports 565 properties and investments. But what it doesn't tell us is if any money is owed to anybody on these or who is owed. It only tells us the president's own admission or declaration of how much value the property has and what the annual revenue is. Now, revenue, of course, is not the same as income, because in income, we get to deduct our expenses, like the interest on our house and the interest on any loans that we take out. We disclose those in our tax returns and we deduct them. But in this document, it only shows the revenue that comes in. So it talks about one property in particular, that's an enormous hotel, and it brings in, it says, brought in revenues of $40.4 million in 2017. That's millions of dollars. But nothing is said about how much money is owed or to whom on the Trump old post office hotel, which is, I guess, in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is just one example in, the, in all of these pages of Trump assets that are talked about And the estimates of the assets are something that somebody has put down as an estimate, approximate value. So we want more than this. We would like to know who holds power and sway over the president by virtue of him owing them enormous amounts of money. We don't believe that this building that has $40 million of annual revenue was funded out of the private pocket of any one man. We know that there's a mortgage somewhere on this, probably with a major uh, world bank of uh, world stature. So we've written this story talking about getting the truth about Donald Trump. And of course, when he refused to and was somehow protected and not required to give up his tax statements, then any possibility of us as ordinary citizens or even of groups that are interested going out and trying to find 
who funds Donald Trump and uh, who he talks to every week about what he owes them. Nobody can do that. So we started this series to talk about this idea of we as Christian people are up against enormous powers that we have trouble understanding and we deserve to know a little bit more about this in order to reveal to our friends their thoughts and their rights and how they should be responding. And so politicalism is something that we hold these truths, tries to stay away from, but this is really not politics we're talking about here. This is the rights over our lives. And we have a right to know who holds that power and sway, whether it be Donald Trump or whether it be Obama or whether it be all the way back to Richard Nixon. We have the right to know these things. So thus, the reason for the article, Tom, Okay, thanks, Chuck. I think uh, one of the things that you come up with, a a new acronym to describe this force, if you will, the IBC, the International Bankers Cabal, and it talks a little bit about that in the article because, as I mentioned initially, it's pretty well known that all wars are bankers' wars. They have to be financed, and it was obvious from the inception of the and the institution of the Federal Reserve System, which we've talked about, and there's two uh, previous podcasts on this that will re- reference to the notes here. And so uh, it's something that is very not well known by a lot of people of the fact that the Federal Reserve System is a private banking institution, or as we call it, a cabal. So this type of thing, uh, actually, we had a lot of these things hidden from plain view, if you will. Okay, as Chuck points out in his article or that we urge you to read, one of the things he says here is, quote, the fact is President Trump is a super debtor, owing the mega banks probably more money than any other president. We can know this without a shadow of a doubt because someone with mega bank power over the president, over much of Congress, over the press, and even over the federal courts has protected him from being forced to hand over his tax filing. And so, yes, this is speculation here. Our purpose, of course, is to alert people and to awaken them to the possibility that there's going to be another war. We've created enemies around Russia, Iran, and so this constant drumbeat for war is in the background. And we have not seen President Trump declare war anywhere yet. He's made a lot of lip service to and threats. But the interesting thing is, of course, he has not done anything about Afghanistan. We still have a military presence there. They're talking about some kind of negotiation with the Taliban. The Taliban is not even a third-rate power, but after 17 years, they're actually gaining more control, more land uh, in Afghanistan. So our efforts there uh, are, are miserable by any measure. And so the fact that he has not actually started a war is, one thing, but he has not really backed off in a place like Afghanistan. And we think, Tom, that this 
probably indicates that someone is influencing him. And as we've tried to point out in this article, the American public understands what it's like to be in debt. We're an indebted society. We all have, have had or have mortgages and other obligations. We all, many of us know what it's like to be uh, behind or to be scared or to, to feel overly indebted. Uh, we know that, that the creditor has enormous power over the debtor. There's many sayings from mom and back that uh, the debtor is a slave to the creditor. And so we think we have a right to know who our president owes money to. We just think it's reasonable that we, we would know that since we believe, since this disclosure stuff is uh, deemed to be absolutely dominant in our political system here. Chuck, well, it's interesting. Uh, we got a, a very quick reply to your article here from a gentleman, and I'll have Craig read a portion of that, and we can talk a little bit about that. Craig? It starts out this way. I am not a Trumpette, but I will say that Mr. Carlson's speculation is merely that. And as they say, the proof is in the pudding. I, too, have been actively demonstrating and writing and talking against war since Vietnam, although my perspective on the bankers and Zionists that are behind the interventionists has changed since those early days. God has a way of using sinners to accomplish his ends, and I will cautiously support Trump as long as he never engages in sending American troops to fight in a major new conflict. The forces of evil that want war have a deeply entrenched media and deep state that any president's almost powerless to overcome. Please, Chuck, consider all this while making your oh-so-easy condemn Trump pronouncements. Well, I think I've already responded, but again... This comes back to our political system that we've been squeezed into is where we as Christians have to make these decisions. Do I want to vote for Donald Trump or do I want to vote for Hillary Clinton or do I want to purposely throw my vote away by, as I've done many times in my life, out of what I considered to be the moral thing to do, voted for somebody I believed in, uh, like Ron Paul, knowing full well they weren't going to get elected. It's a problem and, and people are wanting to support our president because they felt that he was the best choice or only choice, maybe. So I don't have a response to this, man. I, I agree with him that we are having to reach out in order to bring these subjects to people's attention and actually speculate that Donald Trump has debts. Now, some people would say, you haven't proven that he owes a dime to anybody. I think he owns it all right outright. But when you look at the six pages, fine print assets, and uh, then explanations of them, you realize that you're talking about enormous wealth, and uh, chances are there are some creditors. We think we have a right to know who they are, whether it's him or whether it's Obama or whoever it is. That's right, Chuck. You know, we're, we're talking about we the people. This is the government that's supposed to serve the people, and Obama touted you know, transparency, transparency, and yet we don't even know where he was born. The birth certificate for the White House Put out. It was just a PDF, and even in my limited skills, I was able to take the layers apart of that PDF to show that it was not a real document. So we don't have the transparency with Obama. We don't know where he went to school, all those things. And now with, with Trump, we need to know this should be our right as citizens. They are working 
for us. We should be able to know who he's beholding to or who's beholding to him. What conflict of interest ex- exists? I mean, just like having Jared Kushner in the White House, I think there's a little conflict of interest there. And those are the kind of things that we, the people, should be able to find out and ascertain. There was something about Trump University that was in trouble financially. But Tom, that is going to be one of the subjects that we are going to deal with. And so we'll kind of save that one, but it was a big time bankruptcy and has very significant implications. And yet they are only implications. And again, we're going to have to do some speculating. And and I think we'll just try to be fair and give everyone who really wants to a chance to respond. With the increase of our national debt and him being on the Republican ticket and Republicans supposedly known for their fiscal conservatism, why has the national debt be increased? Unless the pressure from the bankers on Trump and then, of course, on the our, our representatives was uh, brought to bear. Keep in mind that the Rothschild said, give me control of the nation's currency and I don't care who makes the law. Rothschild figured out how profitable it is to make money on both sides of war, and they've been doing it ever since. The writer of the letter said you know, that what Chuck was doing was speculation. Well, this speculation is founded, in fact, we also have the All Wars or Bankers Wars, excellent piece, and we have back in 2002, uh, Gore Vidal uh, wrote the book Perpetual War for Perpetual Peace, and subtitled How We Got to Be So Hated. So this whole idea of the bankers' wars destroying our economy and helping them to get richer and richer and more powerful. This is fact, and the question is, is Trump leading us down the same path? And that's what we're going to have to wait and see. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for your input. And in part two, Chuck will be discussing a number of actions by the president that unwittingly confirm for us his condition of indebtedness to the international bankers. And we will coin a brand new description for him that we hope all will catch on. President trumped up to reveal and confirm his indebtedness to the IBC. That's the International Bankers Cabal. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.